Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Carl Anthony Towns has been talking a lot of noise about other players. Carl Anthony Towns has some some comments about Russell Westbrook patting his stats. Carl Anthony Towns said, boy, where I'm from, we from New Jersey. We get held accountable on how we perform and how we bring on championships. Well, guess what, Carl Anthony Towns? You did none of that. And I'm not even talking about the numbers as far as putting up points, but it's other ways to affect the game. Sure. And what I'm thinking of is we're not talking, if this was Anthony Edwards, you know what we would say? This is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Carl Anthony Towns, who's a veteran. <laughs> oh, man. Kendrick, Perk, it's Perk just going Perk. in on Cat. Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be, if he doesn't have some really good games here, I think that's going to be a thread through the national prism of the series. Don't yeah, you guys? Well, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, if it, it's already there, but I'm just saying, I think that's going to be like Ant would have to score 50 for them not to rip Cat if Cat, if, if Cat does not uh, yeah. play up to what they expect. You know, and this this is a Feedback Friday on Mackie and Joe where we make the entire show about you guys, your comments, questions, concerns, critiques, whatever it may be. And so we'll, we'll dive into a lot, of, a lot of Cat Wolves stuff, previewing the Memphis series, a lot, of, uh, a lot of Viking stuff later in the show here. But the one thing that Shaq said, Shaq said a couple things that were coded in truth if you, if you were just open-minded to it. Like, you know, those guys have been dunking on Cat for a long time. And I think, like... You should be in the paint on a regular basis is probably not the right way to look at how to use cat. But he said, sometimes you just need to shut your mouth before a game. And I think we're kind of at that point with cat. Even yesterday, he got a little, you know, he's just kind of, oh, I got to, you know, I got to cover myself in holy water so the refs don't call fouls on me. It's like, dude, just, just don't talk right now. You've been in the league for seven years. Everyone here loves the way that you're playing, everyone supports you, everyone supported you through the horrible family things you went through a couple of years ago. There's nothing that you can say that matters until you show it on the court. So like the Rockets playoff series from a few years ago, people have that stuck in their heads. Now they've got that Clippers disaster stuck in their heads. Like He is better served just keeping his mouth shut and putting up 25 and 10 as much as he can and helping the Timberwolves beat the Grizzlies. Just you know, politely to the media, guys. I gotta go show it on the court. I gotta go prove it on the court. Nothing. I can, I'm not gonna talk about the officials. I'm not gonna talk about the Clippers. I'm not gonna talk about Shaq. I'm just gonna go play basketball, and we'll see what happens in two weeks. Two things off of this that are really like teachable, coachable things for Carl. 
One is the response yesterday should be, I have to stay out of foul trouble. Because the more you talk about this, and as you alluded to, Phil, saying that I've, I've got to go, what, coat myself in holy water and things like that, officials read quotes. Officials see stuff. Like, they are they are itching not to give him the benefit of the doubt. And he's basically feeding them reason not to. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and this should be – he literally should work on this because it might be the most important thing in-game, and it's both on the bench and on the floor. Body language. His body language sucks. It's ter- it's it's constantly slinking around. Like, this guy is a star player, mm-hmm. but he slinks around. He gets called for a foul. He does the old eighth-grade flailing guy thing. Oh, I want – I am not me. Um to be honest, at the end of the game, when when he had obviously fouled out against the Clippers, uh, he looked downtrodden. But, dude, you just won the game. And, and like he said all the right things yesterday, but show that. Show that excitement. Show that you are – like, if this is your team, then whether you're playing or not is not a factor. It's your team. So, like, these are all things – I feel like Carl – often tries to say things that I don't think are effective. And I think it's more of his actions and what he shows. But the most important thing is quit with the flopping, quit with the slinking around and the head down and the bad posture, and literally, in a sports sense, suck it up. Yeah, there's a, and there's, there's a bunch of questions. We'll, there's a couple more themes we'll get to here. But let's start with, with Feedback Friday, our guy Chanty and Fargo. Oh, yeah. Our buddy, one of our favorite Ventline guests during the season. He once lit an actual dumpster fire two years ago to represent, the, I think it was the Vikings maybe losing to the Falcons. Or, I'm glad he's doing okay. I, we haven't heard from him in a while. I was hoping he was, he was all right. He wasn't in that dumpster or anything. I'm, I'm glad he's, he's doing all right. <laughs> he's, Chansey is alive, yes. And he chimes in via the Score North app. You can always send us messages to the Score North app. Judd is hard on Cousins for not performing in the big spots. He was advocating moving on from Cousins the past three months. Why is the cat situation any different? Performed pathetically in the play-in game versus, and then pathetically in the previous series against Houston from a few years ago. It's a, uh, it's it's a. Uh, hypocritical to not call for cat's departure as well isn't it give me cousins corporate robotic personality over cats whining and complaining so just to add some context here because i think chancy's also reacting to the way that cat you know cat had a media session yesterday and um he was pretty defiant right it was it was the worst game of his nba career for a lot of reasons and and he said you know ultimately the clipper strategy didn't work because they didn't win the game he essentially said the refs were calling phantom fouls on him and that he just needs to do a better job of showing his hands and like. and praying and putting holy water on and stuff and so like it was it was a lot of just sort of dismissing the things that maybe were sure. his fault. Yep. And it and it, it it you know his personality is sort of whiny and complaining not all the time but it certainly was against the Clippers. So anyways, yeah, so is there a cat cousins hypocritical connection here for you, Judd? Uh, there's not, and here's why. And this is why I have a longer patience with Cat. But I don't disagree. Like, it is incredibly frustrating. And by the way, if he doesn't have a good uh, playoff now, like, that does become a major storyline slash problem. But Carl Anthony Towns is a better is better at what he does than Kirk is. Carl, 
Kirk Cousins. I love talking about Kirk. Kirk Cousins is a very good player. He is in no way, shape, or form a star. He is not a star player. He's not a superstar. He's not a star. He is a good player. Carl Anthony Towns on his best night is a star player, at times bordering on superstar. Yeah. My patience will always be higher. Like, the question becomes this. If I jettison Kirk tomorrow, do I think there's any way on God's green earth that I can go about trying to find his replacement who can do a good or better job? Personally, yes, I do. If I jettison Cat tomorrow, see you later. Cat, you're gone. Can I go out and replace him? Do I feel that I can go out and find a, a, a adequate replacement or a better player than Cat? Player, not personality. No, I don't. Yeah. So my, I, my that's why my patience with Cat is more so. But I totally get Chancey's points. I actually think they're 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 a lot more similar than I I, I might disagree with you here because. You know, Kirk's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world. Cat's probably one of the 15 best basketball players in the world. But then when you start to get into, okay, what are the other intangibles? Or or this is the biggest parallel. To what extent do your individual numbers and your box score, if you looked at these guys' box score, and they both have yeah. a ton of influence because you get superstar basketball players should have a ton of influence on wins and losses. And then star quarterback should have and does have impact. Sure. Both of those guys, you look at their numbers individually, and then you look at the team wins and losses and successes, and it's like, why doesn't it translate more? Why doesn't, like, you got this super accurate quarterback that very rarely train wrecks games and puts up 4,000 yards a year and 30 touchdowns. It's like his teams can't finish above 500. And then you got this guy who's seven feet tall. He's the greatest seven foot shooter of all time. He puts up 25 and 10 on a nightly basis. He can pass, he can freaking drive from the top of the key, and it's like, Yep. This is the first year where it's like, you know, they finally have, you know, made the playoffs as a seven seed. So I think you're, I, we're, for, in both cases, we're waiting for certain intangibles or other things to kick in to translate the individual numbers to team success. Personality wise, I think there, there are comparisons. Physically, God, not my fault get, ever. Given yeah. ability, I'm going cat every single time. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Henderson via the Scorner app says, I think we all give cat too much hate. After this playing game. Yes, that was by far the worst game of his career, but last year he didn't play on the anniversary of his mom's death. So, yeah, the, the day after the game was the anniversary of his mom's death. And uh, this year the play-in happened very close to her death. I'm sure that there was some correlation. Hopefully he recovers for game one against Memphis. I just want – listen, all of us have dealt with I, – I, in fact, my dad is my, – and my, my dad is going through some major health issues right now too, but like – Declan's lost parents, Judd's lost parents. I've lost a mom. So I think we can at least speak somewhat on, all right, it's not like we have six parents alive and like we're just being insensitive. I don't think you can use the anniversary of a parent's death as an excuse to act like a jackass. <laughs> and I well, thought I he seen. acted like a jackass and it, like an immature jackass on the court in that Clippers game. You can definitely be sad and be in mourning, and it probably does affect you. But at some point, you don't just get a free pass to behave the way that he did for two and a half hours the other night. And that that's what bothers me. And there's no black and white way to look at someone else's grief and say you should be acting like this, right? Like it's it's just it's not plausible, and everyone handles it differently. For example, okay, my mom's passing was like two weeks ago. My dad's was just on Monday. 
like did the anniversary I, of right? and yeah. death anniversary yes of, of of those days and yeah like those days and those moments and memories come up and and they ebb and flow differently with my dad it's been now 14 years my mom it's been five years but i didn't come on this show and say i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i can to potentially actively sabotage the show because i'm sad I, I, and then deflect all sorts and then of deflect, oh, Hey, by the way, hey, I, I only messed it up because it was my mom's death end. Like, I wouldn't do that. And that's not to suggest that, like, that's what Kat did, but it doesn't give you the excuse to just, yes, basically act like a jackass. I don't think it should, I don't think you can do that on those days. I don't think it gives you the excuse to do that. Well, and I guess the, the question, too, is, is at what point in time do we, do we say, because, I mean, this is right around playoff time. So, like, in three years, does that mean that he, you know, is going to be fine. Like, we just don't know. And, and look, it's not fair, but the reality is this. Um, when you make as much money to do what he does, and I know it's sports, but ultimately he's making millions of dollars. I don't think that there's like a free pass to be like, well, on this day, I'm really sad. I, I, I you know, like when you sign on the dotted line to play pro sports and make millions there's an expectation on you that might not be on Johnny from down the street who called in sick because he, he said, but he makes, you know, $18 an hour and you make, so, so like, this is a very, this is a very, um, it's a tricky conversation, but I will say that it's also a conversation that falls into a place where I do think it's fair that expectations on you, especially from those around you are very, very high. Yeah. And and I don't think that's unfair. Yep. And again, he didn't he didn't play that card, but other people have played it sort of yes. for him and, and Right, but if that's your but if that's what they're going to say, my question is, okay, when does that then sort of dissolve and okay, now he's fine to play on that day? Like yep. it's just it it's a very murky thing and, and to his credit, the fact that he didn't play that that card I think means that people shouldn't play it for him. Agreed. Mm-hmm. He should if he wants to play the card, play the card. Or if right. he wants to be open about how he feels, let him. But but don't give him a pass. I just, just don't don't give people a pass for. He deserves to be hammered for the way that he handled himself in that Clippers game. It doesn't mean that they should trade him or that he's going to act like that. You know, I'm just saying like he deserved to be criticized. They won the game anyways. And now he has a chance to write it against Memphis. And we'll he didn't ask if, if he doesn't ask for for that pass. I don't think that we should that there should be a certain faction that that says whoa 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 he didn't play well and here's why. Like it's a very because that's a very dicey conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Where, yeah. I guess my question is if you're going to explore that road, where does that road stop? Yeah. Uh, Cortland Feld via the Scornorth app says. So he's got okay. He has a write that down prediction. Okay. Ordinarily, we don't because we, we if if we took all write that down yes, predictions. This is murky. This is murky. This is murky. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there, and then we can decide here if we want this to count. All right. Okay. He says, "Write this down." I'll give him the official. Uh, Good for you. Write this down. The Timberwolves will beat the Grizzlies in seven games, and Anthony Edwards will hit the game-winning shot in Game Seven. Boy, if that happens, I feel like he deserves some credit. So maybe we can say this. I hate making this exception because we can't open this Pandora's. We can't just be submitting Now now Declan's doing write that downs Sunday through Saturday. It's got to be confined. He's going to have to – his life's going to be hell. Corland, if this this happens, remind us that you predicted this. 
We'll honor and it. we will and we will potentially potentially honor it. We'll take it to write that down court, but we can't listen the the write that down Supreme Court is really careful about setting new precedents okay because you don't you just want to make sure that mm-hmm. you're not opening a door mm-hmm. that you know you can't handle. I feel like if that happens though, we won't forget that that prediction took place. yeah, like, this is very much like the specific. The hockey whisperer made his name seven years ago, eight years ago, by making a similar prediction that the Wild would beat the, was it, uh, Avalanche Avalanche. in double overtime with a Nino Niederreiter game-winning goal. And it was exactly right. Double overtime. And the whisperer now (laughs) has a mansion, Mercedes. (laughs) Great internet. Jaguar. But terrible internet, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) The whisperer's on top of the world right now. Uh, He is. Well, the whisperer, too, you know, the whisperer is... Is always looking for ways to you know to make the women in his life his wife happy. So, oh, if if the whisperer is looking for a great gift idea here, sometime maybe Mother's Day too. For those of you out there that still have mothers, we don't, but if you do, Spiral Candles is a new partner of the show here. That's exactly right. You've come to the right right place because Sports Dad, as Phil just said, has the Mother's Day gift for you. That's right. And guess what? SpiralLightCandles.com. If you go there right now, you are going to have this gift in your possession within days. And that means, guess what? You don't have to worry about mom or your wife because the gift is done. These are the perfect, inexpensive gift. Prices start at 14 bucks. Orders of $50 or more. They ship for free. Again, it's local, so it comes locally so you're supporting it here and you're also going to get this gift in your possession long before mom's day arrives spiralightcandles.com spiralightcandles.com check that them out and i didn't even talk about the scent these things smell great they'll make your whole house smell great it's great i'm not kidding you guys it's it's fantastic I'm not Love a big it. smell guy, and these things smell great. Spiral light candles. I am. A, I am a big smell. Smells important. I know you are. Smells important. I feel, I, Phil, I feel like you are a candle guy, and I mm-hmm. feel like you mm-hmm. would like these a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, like guys are can- I like candles. I have candles. We do. Okay. We'll do incense. We'll do candles. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Try them then. Mm-hmm. It's great. We'll we'll definitely check them out. Spiral light candles. Um, spiral light candles. Uh, mm-hmm. Drew Pelkey via the Scorn Earth app says, "Wolves are back." How about a random – so we do the random Viking of the week on Purple Daily. He says, how about a random Timberwolves player of the week <laughs> segment during this playoff run? I was at the play-in game last night. The thing about getting old is athletes lose some of their bigger-than-life personas that they had for us when we were kids. I remember going to Wolves games as a kid and watching KG like he was the coolest guy on the planet. Last night, for brief moments, a 20-year-old Anthony Edwards teleported me back in time, and I can't wait to see where he takes this franchise can't wait to take my son to games and have him watch Anthony Edwards like I watched Kevin Garnett. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So true. And that's the thing. Like, KG and, and Ant has a different person. KG was more of like a locked-in, serious cyborg. And Ant yeah. is more of a fun-loving, joyful player. Yes. But they both have this ability to just captivate an arena full of 18,000 people, right? Like, they, they love the spotlight. They embrace it. They get energy from it. And it I think factor, he brings baby. that same, yeah, that same it's type of factor. Mm-hmm. The, in, in fact, the, the best random wolves of the week thing that ever took place on our show was at the state fair when we were talking to the late Flip Saunders and Phil Mackey and Flip 
engaged in trying to name all the random wolves players. We I, Do you remember we, we that? Did, we did a random a random Timberwolves name off with a flip song. It was awesome. <laughs> it was just awesome. Rasho Nesterovich. He loved and then it. He, and then he, he was throws, so into it. And then he throws back like Will Avery. Yep. <laughs> Oh, Dean Garrett. Now I'm literally going through basketball reference. Dean Garrett. All right. I'm just going to name random Timberwolves from 20 years ago. Okay. Okay. Reggie Slater, Tom Hammonds, oh, Tom Terrell Brandon, Love TV. Yeah. LaFonso Ellis, who's now on ESPN's yes. College Basketball Game Day. LaFonso Ellis. Remember him well here. Does a great uh, he, job. He played at Notre Dame, correct? Yes, he did. Yeah. I remember him at college. He's a good, really good college player. Andre Patterson. Eddie Griffin. Remember Eddie Eddie Griffin? Griffin. Yep. Yeah. He got hot for like two weeks from three-point range and thought, I'm a three-point shooter now. (sighs) And then things ended tragically a couple years later. Go back to the, uh, (laughs) if if you can, go, yeah, no, they definitely did. Go back to the the team before Garnett. Like, because that's great random Wolves name. Oh, like like mid-90s? Mid-90s, right before they drafted KG and then subsequently Steph. The next okay, year. how many random Timberwolves can you name from the – so that's the 1994-95 team. Yep. They had right. 18 players step foot on the court yep. that season. How many of the 18 can you name? Oh, not many, but I, I would recognize five? them. Um, was Dean Garrett on that team? This is pre-Dean Garrett. It's pre-Dean Garrett, okay, because I was doing right. stories oh, for the no, Wolves game already program. Back then. J.R. Ryder? There you go. All right, that's one. No cheating. Let's get. Let's, you guys can. I'm name not five cheating. Of these guys. I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating. Uh, okay, so J.R. Ryder. So what, what, what year are we looking at again? Like what? What years? Na, this is ninety four, ninety five. This is the year before they drafted KG. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm like time. two or three, and well, this is like NBA uh, Jam. Like NBA Jam came out around this time, so like, yeah, it did. I oh, would have yeah. played Christian that Leitner? game a few years later. Um, Leitner and Ryder. So NBA Jam, you, just, you got two of them. Leitner and Ryder. There's there's one other guy. From NBA Jam. Well, it depends on the iteration. They had kind of a big three on this team. J.R. Ryder, Christian Leitner. Oh, um, what's Googs? Googs. There you go. Google got it. Oh, so they drafted Daniel Marshall that year, right? And then traded him to Golden State. There's four. You got four. Yep. yep. I was actually in the building the day that they, after they made that, that trade, I believe they were playing the Magic on a Sunday afternoon and we were there, and Googs didn't play, but they brought him in and introduced him, and he got a rousing ovation. We Googs were excited was a good player, about man. that. He was a really we good We were player. excited about that. Passing um, big man. He, could, he had that Googs little mid-range really jump player. shot, that little mm-hmm. fadeaway mid-range jump he shot. For, he had played for the Bullets, and then I think he got traded to Golden State. And then, yeah. uh, to his credit, McHale drafted Marshall and like immediately saw that he was not going to fit at all, mm. and so he traded him, uh, spun him off. So that's four right there. You can get, you can get it. Yeah, we need five, but there's 18. <laughs> um, Peeler wouldn't have came. He was on the Lakers, I think, still at this time. Yeah, I think um, about that. I'm, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a great guards. pull by me though. Um, who who would have been the other guard? Because uh, I think there's a very obvious guard here. At least maybe not for Declan, but for Judd. Because I think Pooh Richardson guard. was gone. He was gone. I think Pooh was gone by that time. Um, hmm. An obvious I'm like guard looking on, at the NBA Jam menu in my head right now. I'm like, I can see it. Um, I mean, I used to go to, I was going to games as a fan. Is that, that the shoes? This is like one of the OG Timberwolves, like fairly big names, but uh, not like big name for like Timberwolves fans in that era. But Ryder. Yeah. 
Sydney Lowe's gone by that point. <laughs> it's hilarious. In fact, you might have been coaching him by that point. <laughs> um, There's a few big men on here that you should be able to get. Just like random big men. Well, maybe not. There's an o- so an OG. So an OG. An OG. Um, was Felton Spencer still here? Mm. Nope. <laughs> okay. This is um, such a random era. Yeah. Um, who would have been the guard then? Who would have been the guard? Stella. All right. Do you guys give up? I give up. Yeah, that was actually that was actually Maya. Oh, it was Maya. It was bargaining back. Yeah. Uh, Doug West. Oh, Doug West. Oh. We should have gotten that, Judd. Yeah. My my buddy once bought him a drink at Pacific Club, and he didn't even come over and talk to us. I was so disappointed. Oh. <laughs> well, he probably thought that you like were trying to roofie him or something. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. No, no, no. Some Not other really names that you may I'm recognize here. Sean Rooks. Yep. From the, he played for the Mavericks. Okay. Stacy King. Uh, he played for the Bulls. He? He is uh, state. Stacey they, King, I believe, is now the They uh, traded Bulls. Luke Longley for him, I think. Yes, sure. yes. He, he came from the Jordan Bulls. Howard Isley, before he went to the Jazz, and Greg Foster, before he went to the Pacers, oh, I were on this team, too. And then just a bunch of random dudes on this team. So so who who was the guard? Doug West. Okay. And so he was Doug kind of a small, small forward shooting guard, if okay. I remember correctly. And then they had, yes, like, Michael was. Williams, Winston Garland was a starter on this team. Doug West, uh, if Derek I'm Martin. not mistaken, was was actually an original Timberwolf. That may be true. That may be true. I broke up for one second there, but I think I'm back. You're fine. I think you are back. We're 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 grinding the internet these last. We're yeah, grinding it's through ridiculous, this. Ridiculous, man. It's fr- It's Friday, eleven o'clock. Zolgaddy and <laughs> Xfinity. You never know. <laughs> um, all, right. all right, Tim Bartlett right. via the Scorner app says, "Hey guys, you were talking about walk up music earlier this week." I'd be curious to get your thoughts on players using instrumental music from movies instead of songs with lyrics. I love this idea. Like, like you're talking like Star Wars songs or mm-hmm. like the, like the Back to the Future, the Sopranos, score. like the Sopranos intro. That'd be badass. I'd like that. Yes, the Godfather um, theme. Mm-hmm. It's been done, right? Yeah, I, I, I feel the, like almost the entire Rocky Four soundtrack would yeah, be just, great. Like where he's climbing the mountain. Do, 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 Mackie just listens to that every do, do, day. Do, do, like he just do. he just puts that on and I do. gets pumped. I definitely. Uh, do. I, I would like that. I took a lot of heat for that. Took a lot of heat for my walk up song. So what are they supposed to pick songs you like? They're not supposed to pick songs they like. This is a terrible take. <laughs> well, well, baseball season's back. Twins baseball's back. Oh, man. All right. Corey Larson via the says, Mackie, since you are the hockey whisperer, please tell Judd and Declan that one win or one loss does not define the wild season. Mm. After a win, they make it seem like the wild are cup favorites. And after a loss, they make it sound like the wild need a full on rebuild. I feel like we need a little more, a little bit more balance here, guys. I feel like um, maybe you, maybe you guys are so overreacting Sid, to some of these games. So Sid, Sid had a great term that, that he used that he called he called fans selective listeners, hmm. which is they want to hear what they want to hear. Because huh? <laughs> if if this guy had watched last night's edition of JHS uh, following a narrow victory against the Dallas Stars, he would have heard us to talk about the issues with the win. Now, okay, we so now you're just being negative. So now you're just, we, we you're just you, you can't just be not. positive after a win. You just got to be negative all the time. Negative Judd. <laughs> just remember... State-run media in this town <laughs> is not the benchmark that we're trying to reach. State-run media. <laughs> Coming up next, 
The Wild eliminated in four. But we take a look back at Kirill Kaprizov's crib. Um, and there's other state-run uh, places as well. But just remember, that is not... The Twins almost got no hit. But let's take a look at Gary Sanchez's workout routine to get ready for the cold weather. Audra. That, yeah, yeah. Clayton Kershaw almost gets a perfect game. But Gary Sanchez has rented a really nice townhouse, oh, and we show it to you let's next. Check it out, man. Oh, man. All right. So just a little bit, little bit more balance, it sounds like we need on. Yeah, don't make the I, hockey whisperer come in and, uh, you know, show you, show you what, how to do it. Well, we'll show you how it's done. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's keep going here. Feedback Friday. Uh, Mackie and Judd, a lot of lot of Viking stuff here. Here, here's a this is a fun. We haven't really talked about this this week. So Jake Ward via the Scorner app says, "What's up, guys? After seeing the Derek Carr contract extension, do your opinions change at all with Kirk's contract?" So Carr, so he, in fairness, he sent this message before we found out the full details of of the Carr contract. He said Carr is earning quite a bit more than Kirk, but usually grouped in the same rankings as Cousins. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a three-year, like $121 million contract. But as Pro Football Talk reported yesterday, only about $25 million of it is guaranteed at signing. So they gave him his base salary was $21 million this year, and they bumped it up to like almost $25 million. To, so they gave him a raise for this season, and they guaranteed all of that. But then the rest of it is only guaranteed for injury between now and like the third or fifth day of the league year next year. So if he gets hurt, there's another $40 million in guaranteed money, but the rest of that contract isn't guaranteed until like March of 2023. So they could cut him if they wanted to. Now he negotiated a no trade clause. So they can't trade him unless he approves. So there's you know some jockeying back and forth, but he's going to take up far less cap space this year. And the team has the flexibility if they want to move in a different direction via cutting him without having to guarantee the other, like, $100 million of this contract. Right. So, di- very different situation. Kirk just has a clamp on the Vikings' groin area for the next two years with zero outs or ability to move him. So. Yeah, we need to – and it's a lot of fun to look at contracts and, like, the you know, the Schefter report is out, and here's what the contract is. This is the one league where that is meaningless. Like we we always get the initial contracts and we're like wow, but this is why but and this is why you know what Kirk deserves credit. It was not Deshaun Watson who had the first ever fully guaranteed contract. It was Kirk, and that's the only time that you can actually look at a contract and say okay, that's the contract. Like this football thing drives me crazy. I mean Dante Culpepper once got I think a ten year one hundred million dollar contract that was worth five dollars. Yeah. Like it had no guarantee. He had no you agent know? too, right? No, he did. He fired him. And then try to negotiate. Yeah, but mm. but the fact but the fact is we re- we get these reports on these contracts and look if you get the terms that's fine. But we as media and fans need to then say okay we need to see the real contract, not not what is basically amounts to uh, a phony payday that looks great on paper. Would you uh, let me let me just pull up real quick here because over the cap has the updated yeah. quarterback cap hits for this year. So as of right now, now that Derek Derek Carr had his contract extended, they they gave him a raise. Now some of the some of the the money that he's he guaranteed like twenty five million in cash for this year, but five million of that in cap is pushed into future years. So his cap hit is only nineteen million 
for this year, which puts him 12th. Cousins' cap hit is third even after the deal. So here are, in order, the highest-paid quarterbacks to the salary cap in 2022. Sure. Ryan Tannehill, number one. They got into a, a bad situation with that contract. He's Listen, he's, a, he's one of the top 20 quarterbacks, but, like, woof. Yeah. That makes woof. sense. Now, they've built a pretty good roster, and they've got some good young players that maybe haven't hit their big contracts yet, so they've, they've got some value in other areas, but they're paying Tannehill 38.5 to the cap. Pat Mahomes is now number two at 35.5 to the cap. Cousins is third at 31.5 to the cap. Goff is fourth at 31. Rodgers, 28.5. Wentz at 28, which is a woof, right? Jimmy G, they can cut bait on him at any time and save almost all of this, but right now his cap hit is $27 million. It's a weird yeah. situation. Russell Wilson, 24. Lamar Jackson, 23. Tom Brady, 20. Dak, 20. Derek Carr, 19. Matt Ryan, 19. Josh Allen, 16. Matt Stafford, 13 after the, the redo. So that just kind of shows you, like, you know, which quarterbacks are. That, that's one of the biggest differences is some of these guys are signing longer term deals with more flexibility to move money around and. Kirk doesn't do that. Kirk wants short-term deals that maximize his earnings, and it makes it harder to bring those numbers down. I'm pro player, but I really believe this league needs to get that position under some type of, of control. If we're talking about Mahomes, Brady, yeah, you know what? Knock yourselves out. Um, but What are they supposed just, to do, though? Like, but you just went through a list. It's a market. Um, it, it, it's a market and here's, and here's where I would work very hard to overcome it. Um, I would work very hard to identify and draft QBs because Ryan Tannehill flat out is not close to being worth that. Like I would rather take my chance on drafting one and build around that player. If I feel, if I feel that I have the type of executive or type of, um, football operations team that can identify quarterbacks, I would rather cycle through them. And, yeah. and I'm not talking Kirk here, but that Tannehill contract is ridiculous. What makes it really hard is when you land Lamar Jackson late in the first round or Dak Prescott in the fourth round, and they're making nothing for the first four years. Yep, I agree. You can build a monster roster around them. And those guys have flaws <clears throat> as quarterbacks. You know, th- Those guys aren't like, Lamar was a top five quarterback a couple years ago. I think he's fallen out of the top five and probably closer to like 10 or 12 now. And then maybe he can prove it again. But it's about value. If you have one of those guys making nothing and you can use all the rest of your cap space to put linemen and cornerbacks and an extra weapon, right? Boom, you're off to the races. But then after four or five years, when those guys become free agents, you have to make a decision. Okay, can we keep the same level of roster when that guy goes from making, in Dak Prescott's case, like a million dollars to 40 <laughs> and we're capped at 200? Okay, who right. has to go? Who are the casualties? Who's the extra edge rusher that has to go? Who's the extra right. offensive lineman? So you, it just, you have to be so much more perfect in your drafting and in your free agent signing and lucky with health and everything. You just get more leeway. So that's the thing. Like when those guys become, do you, do you have the grapefruits? To say to Dak Prescott, hey, we like you, Dak Prescott, but we liked you as a fourth-round pick for four years making a million dollars. We are not going to sign you for 40. We're going to go try and find somebody else. But I think It's we're, so hard to do that. I agree completely, but I think we're entering 
we're entering a phase where you might have to. And and here's the thing too. What separates Jared Goff and the price that you just read off? Like that cap hit from a guy who who walks into a bank with a mask on. <laughs> like like what's the difference? Nuts. He's robbing he is robbing yeah. that team. And think he about this like so so Kirk Kirk's cap hit is they're basically this they both have like 31 million Goff and Cousins have 31 million dollar cap hits. Both teams are capped at $208 million to spend. So both have the same amount of money to spend on the rest of their roster. And there's things you can do. But think about how much more of an advantage. the And the Vikings don't have an advantage compared to, like, the Bills who are paying a third as much for Josh Allen, right? But the Vikings and the Lions, the Vikings have such a better quarterback at the same price. Mm-hmm. The Lions have a lot more work to do to build an equal team around him, right? So I don't. That's why, like, when people when people dismiss the contract stuff in the NFL, I know it can be kind of complicated and convoluted, but it's such a big deal for roster construction. Yes. It makes such a difference. Well, well, and and question off of that too. So if you're Detroit, you have the second pick, valuable as hell, right? Like you could go a lot of different directions, lots of great players. But if you've done your due diligence and you think that Malik. Willis is the guy like you think this guy is going to be good. He might not be the greatest thing, but he's going to be damn good. It makes sense to draft him. It makes sense to draft him because Mm -hmm. that's five years team control. And if you're right, guess what? You can now build around him and and he doesn't have to be perfect, but if he's damn good, you have at least for a fairly substantial period in pro sports of time solved the problem. And now you can move on from golf. So, like, think about that. So, so like, this is where I think the decisions on quarterbacks aren't just cut and dry of, well, I don't really like him. Or I think if you think he is the guy, and there are, are people who definitely do, that could be a absolute great draft pick. And I think uh, Phil Mackey froze. You might have froze. Well, and if I could, if I could like, potentially transport Carr's brain into Cousins, I love it a lot more. Like, he's right. The, from the original question of, Basically, Kirk and cause uh, Kirk and Carr, if you were doing quarterback rankings, are always right there, right? They're neck and neck in in terms of, of quarterback rankings. But if I could put Carr's brain into Kirk's God given ability, like that is a superior quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, that that would help. Uh, Carr and Carr, look, he's got deficiencies both ways. Look, yeah. Like there are certain things he does, and I think his teammates genuinely like him, and I think he, that he is a yes, he is more of a pep in a step guy than Kirk is. Um, but I really just believe the bigger topic and, and why I'm trying to skirt Kirk here is because Kirk becomes becomes the lightning rod of all of these conversations for us. But the reason why I'm trying to not talk about Kirk is because I really think that the more like that list that Phil went through, Declan, mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Like there are guys, Ryan Tannehill is atop that list. And look, yeah, it's bad. he came back a- after being you know, after not having success as a dolphin and he played well, but in no way, shape or form, should he be atop that, that list? The fact that Goff and cousins are that close is ridiculous. Kirk is, as Phil said, a superior player. And so when you look at the whole thing in its totality, I really think at some point in time, somebody has to at least try to make strides to get a better grasp on how this position should be valued and paid especially when you look at rookie qbs right who for if their first round picks for five years five years you've got control at a good price 
Um, I just think the I think somehow the the thought process of the quarterback needs to be impacted. It's one thing if you've got got a Mahomes or a Brady or e- even a Rodgers, but we're talking about a lot of guys who are a step or two down who are making ridiculous amounts in a league in which you have to be careful with your salary cap. So let me fire off uh, a reckless speculation piece here from uh, from Vikings feedback that I just saw from Chase in our Score North YouTube channel. It says, make a trade with the Detroit Lions. Let them go best player available at two. And when Willis slides to 12, let them give us 32 or 34 and their next year's first. I'd rather have Detroit's 2023 first, but even the one they have from the Rams and giving us flexibility to trade up next year I'd love completely trading out of the first round this year to secure a top pick next year without having to trade up. I love that idea. I actually responded to that tweet, and I got uh, I got responses both ways. Great move, and you're crazy. <laughs> Here's why I liked it. Well, first of all, I would need my executive team to to say we don't think Malik Willis is. The guy, like if, like if he's a twelve, and they're like, "Oh my God, this guy's gonna be a, gonna be a Hall of Famer." Now I, I've got to think about it. But if the response is, "Yeah, he's good, but he's not great," yeah, I love this trade because what does it do? One, it gets me a first round pick. Two, it gets me Detroit's first round pick. Let me say that slowly: the Dan Campbell Detroit Lions first round pick for twenty three. Uh, that very well could be top ten again. The other thing it does, too, is if it's not top 10, it puts me in a prime position because my guess is if it's not top 10, it's going to be top 15 to potentially package my first round pick with that pick and go way up and draft a quarterback. Um, now, do I think Detroit would make that trade with a division team? I don't I don't know. And I don't know, conversely, if the Vikings would. That's a hot button. Should you trade within your division issue? I get that. Um but this was dismissed by some, and I thought to myself, I actually sort of like it. Yeah, I'm with you. I sort of like it. If I can get anything that says first-round pick from the Detroit Lions, I'm not going to scoff at that. No, not at all. They very well could be they, – they might win five games. I mean, they might be okay, but, I, I you, know, you know, until Dan Campbell has a really good year and this is the Lions, I like my odds of Detroit being Detroit. Mike Donato via the Score North app says, I need Phil and Judd to talk me off a cliff. I have been a Vikings fan since I was born. I live and die with the Vikings. I badly want to be at the Surly event on the 28th event, but I decided to go to Vegas instead. Ever since the extension broke, it has ruined my spring season. I have been extremely critical of the move on all social media platforms. My only theory is that Mensa and O'Connell got insurances from ownership that they would be given the time to right the ship. Or my other theory is that they were comfortable with trying their success, tying their success to Cousins because they knew the ownership was willing to give them the extra time post-Cousins era given the long leash they gave Zimmer and Spielman. Your thoughts, I just want the Vikings to win a damn Super Bowl before we die, and the goal to win the division and or playoffs doesn't cut it for me. Wow. Bravo well, from Mike there. There's only one important thing there, Philip. He's going to Vegas instead of joining us at Surly. Listen, it's going to be a blast at Surly, but come on, it's Vegas. Can't blame him. You know what? Sounds like a freaking blast. <laughs> Me personally, Surly. Yeah, I'm not a Vegas guy. I uh, 
I pulled a plug on my Vegas trip for next week. I don't know if I told you guys that. I, I, I pulled the plug. I, yeah, I could well, not find appropriate airfare without literally paying an absurd amount, and I refuse to fly the cheap airlines to get to Vegas. I refuse. Well, yeah, yeah, Spirit, you can fly cheap, but then they charge you. If you, if you like pull a Kleenex out of if your I, pocket, yeah, it's like yeah. 10 bucks. If I tie my shoe, it's like another $25 fee. So, yeah, I, I pulled the plug Ooh, on you have my laces? Vegas trip. You have laces Ooh, on that left shoe? That's $12. I don't know, Jim. I'm proud of you. Well, listen, Mike, I don't know. Just give these guys – this is where I'm at. We, I think I fully agreed two months ago. I guess this isn't the direction I would go, but there's been a lot of good things that have happened here. I, I love everything that the new leadership has said publicly so far. And so, all right, let's let them do it their way. Let's see what happens in 2022. And then if we need to you know, bring a scolding to the table, a scold. Oh, this is – we're doing so well. That's a great this, freeze frame on Phil. This too, is a great really freeze honest. frame. I hope everyone can capture this and tweet it out today. Uh, um, yeah, Mike, you're just going to have to be like they, they've chosen their path. Phil's right. Um, do I like it? Not necessarily. Do I like what the Bears are doing personally? Yeah, I sort of do uh, tear things down. But uh, that is one of the great all-time freeze frames. That is great. Well, let me, let me just throw it out. Anyone out I can't there, get it back on there. That's even more If amazing. anyone out there did not grab that and does not put that on Twitter, yeah. I'll be very disappointed. I'll be very disappointed. All right, give me a few more, and then yeah, we're going to wrap up this couple train more wreck here. of uh, episode. Uh, Paul Fred Skoll, friend of the show. Uh, he says, please tell me you're cheering for Slaughter this weekend. We got our football again, boys, with uh, the USFL back. In fact, I have a yeah. write that down. I believe that Kyle Slaughter will be like, the I think USFL MVP or something. I, I think I have some write that down on that. But yeah, USFL football, football's back, baby. I'm is excited be for one? that. Yeah, there's football so, this weekend. So to go back two or three years, I think it was uh, I think it was three years back now. Um, when it was uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami, Rami when it was what the was it the Association of American Football and yeah. then the XFL. And Phil and I are both both like, well, we'll dabble for sure. Like, we'll we'll watch a little bit and Rami's like that is garbage I wouldn't I wouldn't go across you know I wouldn't do anything to watch it what is the Declan Goff if I happen upon the USFL would you stop or not because I always said I'll stop and then if it's crap you know you just change channel to baseball or something yeah I'll I'll watch watch it also to be honest selfishly on this show I'm excited because it gives us at least gives me, I shouldn't speak for both of you, it gives me room to make football predictions in the offseason. Because I, I don't like doing the Judd Zolgad pushing like nine, like all three of your predictions oh, eight months out do. the board. I like yep. to know and remember what I did, and I also don't want to oh, be burned in the future. So I like to know uh-huh. uh, uh, what, what that happened. So actually, selfishly, that's why I'm most excited for the USFLs to make football predictions. No, you see, that's, no, no, no. You push them off, and then when, when they're right, you're like, I didn't even recall that prediction. So the weird thing about this league is the entire USFL season is going to be staged in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. So so they're not going to have games like in St. Louis and blah, blah, blah. They're going to have every game is going to be played in Birmingham. So I'm not sure if this is like a year one COVID thing or what. Yeah. But, uh, but eventually, and my question is this. And I'm shocked. When are we going to get what one of these godforsaken leagues? Because we're a good football town to put yeah. a team here. Like, yeah, like we've never had one. 
Like what? Like like uh, just like in the cities, you think too, like Minneapolis, St. Paul, where it's like you put it in Duluth well, I mean, you, or Rochester. Or... No, well, that too. But no, I'm just trying to think of like in you know, I don't know if if you could rent out U.S. Bank Stadium oh, or something. Eventually, I, I doubt it. And have some games there. Yeah. Or or you know what? This time of year, TCF Bank Stadium. Yeah. Or I, I should say Huntington Bank Huntington Stadium. Huntington Bank Stadium. How about that? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm gonna pose that either. I'm excited for the like, USFL. We're a good football town. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm mild. I I'm mildly curious. And the XFL, which starts uh, well, in like that's ten months. That that's another year out. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's in February. All right, give me one or two more, and then we're all right. Let's go. uh, let's go with one okay, more here. Like what happened this show? Uh, Ken says, "I love Royce Unchained, and as a Packers fan, I'm thrilled that Patrick is once again picking the Vikings to win the division. I think that makes sense." In three years in a row, he keeps talking about the Packers losing lots of guys. No doubt Adams is a big loss. And while you would rather have him, the Packers are 7-0 and when he's been out over the past three years. Interesting. Uh, and Adams is a loss for the Packers, but the Packers have some great players who didn't contribute last year coming back and some draft capital. Uh, I mean, I think the Packers do have two first-round picks now because of the Devontae-Adams trade. You can guarantee. In fact, I'll, I might write this down. Uh the Packers are probably going to use one of those two first round picks, Judd, to draft a receiver. They have to, like they have to. And I love. Yeah, and they just signed Sammy Watkins yesterday. Yeah, and 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 he's going to be helped for four games for you lands in the IR. And and honestly, sure. I I love my guy Aaron Nagler on on Packers Daily. I think he does seriously such a such a good a Cheesehead Daily, not Packers Daily, Cheesehead Daily. I think he does an awesome job at, at explaining Packers stuff. And I know Vikings fans absolutely loathe him, but I I think he does a great job. Um, and he always says, "Next man up." Like that's what what Kenny just said in the score North app is exactly what Packers say. Next man up. Like that's just as much as we rip them and the Jordan Love pick is rippable. We can rip them all we want for it. They do have that mentality of who's the next guy up. That's who they've always been. Well, right, and it, it's because they basically had thirty years of really elite quarterback play. That's that's the thing. So with Rodgers, we're going to find out in two thousand twenty-two what he can do without Devontae. But look. In the regular season, my guess, he'll be fine. He usually is. I, I mean, he transitioned from Jordy Nelson to Devontae. Devontae was great. Um, but this team has always been able to find p- players. And the thing about, too, is the receiver position is becoming, I think, m- more and more important. And you're definitely seeing them go a lot in the first round now. Yeah. But, you know, to go back to Stefan Diggs, you can find them outside of the first round. Correct. I am done. I am done putting a nail in the Packers coffin. I've done it for the last two years, and they have won, I think, a total of 26 regular season games, okay? Yep. So I'm done there. Until they suck, which will probably be when when they don't have either Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, until they're awful, I am done trying to say this is it for the Packers. Yeah, you're right. Um, they've done a good enough job, and regular season-wise, that quarterback remains special. He's a freak. He's a weird dude. I'm not a big fan. But he remains special. All right. Feedback Friday with Internet Gremlins. Some towns yeah, talk. Yeah, I'd like to apologize Wolf's for our talk. Internet Gremlins. Uh, we'll be uh, back. It sounds like yours. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It sounds like yours was bad. Phil's, Phil's is, in, uh, is in the process of being worked on. That's right. That means Judd Solgad, much maligned for mm-hmm. his age and, and Internet connection. Judd Solgad was the was the ace of today's game, the number one star. I came out and threw 95 pitches okay. over seven innings. And I'm pulling you after seven. I'm pulling you reliable. after seven. Perfect game. I'm pulling you after seven innings. You're done. 
Tell the people about our show tomorrow. Feedback Friday. Hit the subscribe button. We'll be back uh, right after the Wolves uh, and Grizzlies yeah. game for game one we'll, right here on this YouTube channel. So hit the subscribe button. We're on the Score North app, Apple, Spotify. We'll be back tomorrow.